Welcome to So Says Rick. Mostly True Stories by Rick Hall. Hi, I'm Rick Hall. And I'm Laura Hall. Okay, this episode is, gosh, we've done so many episodes of So Says Rick. No, Where are we, how Laura? do we keep track? Oh, uh, oh, it's our third episode. Yes, episode number three. <laughs> yeah, we're old pros at this. So this episode is going to take us back to way before the turn of the century, back to 1990, when I was living out in Los Angeles and Laura was living back in Chicago. We were doing that fun thing called the long-distance relationship. Oh, boy, nothing like it. I recommend it for all the kids. Yeah. That was back when you were married to your first wife, huh? your TV wife. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I was doing a series on Fox called Stand By Your Man, and Rosie O'Donnell was my wife on that show, which gives you any indication of how long ago that show was. Right. But you've you've had other... TV relationships. Yeah, yeah. On uh, Everybody Loves Raymond, I, my fiance and I were at an uh, at a B and B when Raymond and his wife came there. That she was right. a very sweet fiance for me. <laughs> what do you feel? A little pressure? No, not at all. Really. Megan Mullally was my girlfriend in Party Down, and not only that, I dumped her for a younger girl. That's right. So see how cool you are. <laughs> But here's the thing. What's that? Where are they now? Good point. I'm here in the studio with my lovely wife. And sidekick. Laura Hall. Hey, Laura, while we're talking about TV, whose line is actually on the air right now, right? Yeah, but we're in the witness protection program. So what do you mean? <laughs> nobody knows about it. It's all on the down low. It's on the CW network, and uh, Aisha Tyler is the host. And they don't advertise it at all. So tune into the CW and look for Who's Line because they've got new episodes. Brand new episodes, yeah. Right? People always say, why is Laura smiling so big whenever the camera comes on her? And that is because... I'm a musician with a job. <laughs> exactly. And <laughs> at home, I am smiling too. Well, while we're talking about Hollywood, mm -hmm. we should explain the location for this next story. Oh, right, right. It happened up in Topanga. And Topanga is a kind of unique area of Los Angeles. It's only about uh, 45 minutes away from downtown, but it's up in the mountains. So it feels like it's a, it's a million miles away. And back in the 60s, it was kind of like... Like a hippie yeah. musician haven. Like Joni Mitchell lived up there, and I think Jackson Brown. Yeah, yeah. So it has this history of hippie land, but then new people have moved in. Right, movie executives and stuff who figured out, wow, I can live 45 minutes away and be up in the mountains and feel like I'm in the middle of nowhere. So it's an interesting uh, combination there. You've got multi-million dollar houses next to little shacks. Built by hippies in the 70s. Right, with little add-ons and everything. So yeah. it's a really interesting community. So that's where our next story takes place. Rick recorded this story at the Story Salon, which is a lovely little venue. And he's had a chance to play there so many times. Right. It's where I try out all my new stuff. And I want to thank Beverly Minkus. She's one of the producers. There's several producers. I'll probably forget somebody. There's Tony Figueroa, Donna Allen Figueroa, Dan Farron. 
there's a whole bunch of people that make that place work, and it's a really tight community of, of friends. I feel like I have friends there. That's the thing that I love about it so much, is that everybody's really supportive of each other, giving each other feedback. And anybody can go tell a story. Matter of fact, Laura one time. I told the story once. That's right. That's right. The story you're going to hear is called Topanga Acupuncture, recorded live at the Story Salon. I hurt my back when I was in high school doing stupid weightlifting and stuff. I compressed a disc in my lower back, and it goes out on me every now and then. And when I moved to L.A. in 89 before the turn of the century. I got here and my back went out and I didn't have a doctor and I didn't have a chiropractor and I was staying with my friends John and Betsy and Betsy said, oh, you have to go see my acupuncturist, Sharon. Sharon is a healer. She is a miracle worker. She called Sharon right then, wrote down directions up in Topanga and gave me the directions and said, go up there right now. So I drove up there. It was one of those winter days all uh, when the roads were wet and everything. And I'm driving up to Topanga. I've never been up there before. And I take the directions and I turn right on Crestview Drive. And I go up and it winds up. And I get to the top of the hill and it says on the directions, turn right into Sharon's driveway. But there's no driveway there. It's just trees. <laughs> and I'm sitting there in my car and I'm thinking, something's wrong here. And I look around and finally I see two muddy tracks that go into the trees. There's no, there's no opening really. There's just these muddy tracks. And so I go, this has got to be it. So I drive my car through the trees and it pushes the branches back and they scrape along my car. And, and just tearing up my car, I'm sure. But I get through the trees and I finally come to a clearing and there's her little cabin. They're up in Topanga. And I grew up in the Midwest. If you had a cabin like this, one of those crappy little houses where they keep adding on to it, where I come from, like up in the Smoky Mountains, that would be a shack. But not in Topanga, because in the Smoky Mountains, that house would be worth a few thousand dollars with 10 acres. In Topanga, it's worth $1.4 million. So it's a cabin. So I pull up to the cabin. I get out of my car. It takes me a full minute to finally stand all the way up. My back is all spasmed. And I hear these two dogs barking in the distance. And it's this rainy day. And all of a sudden, from around the corner of this cabin, these two great big hound dogs come running up to me, so happy to see me. They're muddy. They're wet. They stink like a rolls of carpet that have been left out in the rain. There's ambulatory carpet because they're running around and jumping on me and it's hurting so much I'm like I just get my car and leave I, this is not going to go well all of a sudden the door of the cabin I hear it squeak open these two dogs just go running into the cabin muddy filthy dogs go running into the cabin and this woman walks out and she's this older woman but she's this beautiful blonde bombshell of a woman that doctors have helped her defy gravity in more ways than one <laughs> And she says, you must be Rick. And I thought, oh, my God, my acupuncturist is Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> and she says, I'm Sharon. Come on in. I want to take you to the healing room. How's your lower back? It must be painful. And we walked through her house, and she told me about the, her journey, her journey in Los Angeles 
from uh, a sitcom actress to a, a healer, an acupuncturist, which is the journey many people take. <laughs> and we got, to, we got to the healing room, the healing room, okay, and in the corner, oh, by the way, she says, by the way, Bert and Jake just love you, the dogs. Oh, they just loved you. And they're in the corner of the healing room on dirty blankets, licking themselves incessantly. There's a massage table in the middle of this room, which is just an add-on. It's raining. There's water running down the inside of the wall into a little gutter that runs right out the back door. Okay. If this was a shack in the Smokies, this would be the wood shop where some old guy would make knickknacks for Dollywood. <laughs> Little outhouses with moons cut in the front of them and then written on the outside it would say, pause thinking room. Uh, but no, this is the healing room. It was not the hygienic location I had been hoping for for my, for my acupuncture, my first trip into acupuncture. She says, Take off your clothes and lay on the table on your stomach. You can leave your underwear on if that makes me feel more comfortable. I said, that would make me feel more comfortable. <laughs> so I lay down, and I, okay, my face is in the little cradle, so I, all I can see is the floor underneath me, and nothing happens. And I kind of look over, and I can see her feet. She's standing by the table, but nothing is happening. And I mean, for like two minutes, nothing is happening, and it's quiet. All I can hear is dogs licking themselves, <laughs> which has its own peaceful continence in its own way. So finally, I kind of roll over, and I go, Sharon, what are you doing? She goes, I'm feeling your energy. And I can tell there's a hot zone right here, a really negative hot zone in your lower back. I think that's where your problem is. And I said, I told you that when I walked in. And she says, I'm just confirming you're correct. This is where your problem is. We're off to a good start, Sharon. And she told me what she was going to do. She said, I will start with your hot zone, and I'm going to place needles in that and follow your body meridian from north to south and drive it out, drive it out with the needles, pushing it through your chi and your chakra, and I don't know what the hell she was talking about. But I said, okay, whatever works. So I lay down. She starts putting needles in. Okay, I don't know much about acupuncture, but my understanding was it's not supposed to hurt. <laughs> this hurt. This hurt. It was like little bee stings, okay? And I have a pretty high pain tolerance, but this didn't feel good. And she would push them in and she would say, tell me when it burns. It burnt when you put it in. It burns. I didn't know how far she was supposed to push the needles in, and I didn't want to be a sissy, so I'm like, oh, keep pushing. I don't, I don't know. I, 30 needles later, I'm like, oh, I'm so tense. I'm just like a, I'm like a steel, coiled steel spring. And then she goes, oh, my goodness. I'm going to have to go in the other room and get a special needle for this part. <laughs> I'm like, holy crap, must be bad. It is. So she leaves. The dogs are finally quiet. I can hear them sleeping. And I, all I can see is the floor underneath me. She comes back. I don't know what needle she got, but I swear to God, I, I thought maybe she went out to my car and broke the <laughs> antenna of my car, sharpened it up, and jumped it, jabbed it in my right butt cheek. And it, like with a, with a mallet, she drove it in. I said, ow! She goes, 
oh, I hit a pain corridor. And they go, no, you hit bone. That's my pelvis. I'm in so much pain. She says, I'm going to leave you alone for 10 minutes. I want you to just relax. And let it flow. Let it flow. She walked out of the room. And I'm laying there, and I realize maybe she's right. Maybe I've just been too tense because I don't think I've, I don't think I've exhaled for for however long I've been in there. So I I do. I take a deep breath, and I try and relax, and I go. That woke the dogs up. And in retrospect, I realized I sounded like a dying animal. Because they got up and I could hear the little tick, tick, tick of their paws as they walked around looking for the corpse. And I couldn't see them until finally one of them walked right under the face cradle where I was. His back was about an inch away from me and he just stood there underneath me, this stinky, wet dog right under my nose. And I can't, I've got needles in me and I can't reach over the edge and move him away. And finally he walks away and his tail hits me in the face as it goes by. While, that, while that's happening up front, I feel the other dog licking my feet. There's nothing relaxing about this. I kind, I kind of kick him with my feet. I feel him move, and then one of them jumps up and puts his paws on the edge. I'm not making this up, people. And I feel his wet nose pushing needles around on my back. I'm Sharon, get in here. She comes in, and I think surely she will take control. She went in, and she said, oh, Jakey. (laughs) That's it. I'm like, that kind of hurts. And she goes, down, boy, down. She took the needles out, and I'm like, finally. I start to get up, and she goes, no, we're not done. Now I need to cup you. I didn't know what this meant. (laughs) To me, it sounded like something that could possibly happen in a porn film. (laughs) And I rolled over on my side, and I looked up at her, and I started to ask, what is cupping? And I realized she may have been in a porn film. I don't know. I said, "Uh, Sharon, what is cupping? She said, I take glass bowls, and I put a little alcohol in it, and we light it. And then I put it on your back, and it extinguishes the fire and makes a suction and will pull that bad energy out of you. And I said, Sherry, did you take a look at my back? I'm pretty hairy there. You think this is actually going to make a suction? And she said, oh, yes, it never fails. And I go, it's kind of like little toilet plungers, right? You're gonna... And she said, yes. And I go, why don't you use toilet plungers? And she said, because we don't. <laughs> she didn't have a sense of humor. So she, she lights the first one. I feel it go on, and it's a little warm, but then I hear this little... <laughs> as it seals onto my back. And I'm like, oh, it's working. And it's tight. And I'm like, okay. She puts another one on. Okay, it's on. Third one, she puts on. There's no sound. And it's hot. And I'm like, wow, this is uncomfortable. And then I smell burning hair. <laughs> I said, Sharon, I think I'm on fire. She said, no, there's no way you could. Oh, my God. She puts me out with her hand, slapping me on the back. There was a small brush fire in Topanga that day. It was my back. She goes, maybe we won't cup you. She pulls the two off. I jump up. I put on my clothes. I bend down to tie my shoes, and she says, well, look at that. You couldn't do that an hour ago, could you? (laughs) 
And I thought, oh my gosh, this crazy acupuncture. It worked. I feel better. Oh, I kind of didn't want it to work because I didn't want to do this again. I went to pay her and I said, now, can I just put this through my SAG insurance? And she went quickly from healer to capitalist. And she said, no, you got to pay me cash. So I gave her cash. And I got my car, and I left, and I went back through the brush, and the car scraped through the brush. And I got, uh, was on the main road back down the hill, and I turned on my radio, and I had nothing but static. And I looked in the rearview mirror, and my antenna had broken off on my car as I went through the brush. And I figured, you know what? It's probably laying in her driveway. Or maybe. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us. You know what's kind of fun for me is to relive these stories that I told before and remember the moment and the time that I was there and I got to share that with uh, with an audience. So I'm glad. Thanks for taking the trip with me, everybody. I appreciate that. Our next episode will be June 19th. That's right before Father's Day. Laura, guess what the theme is going to be for the next show? Huh. I hmm, can't guess. Come on, try. <laughs> Father's Day. Come on. Christmas? No, no. No, it'll be a Father's Day theme, and uh, and I've got a story already all lined up for that. So thanks again for joining us. Stay safe. Stay healthy. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.